by Yaakov. And he says to himself, what happened to the Chet HaEgev? What happened to the sin of the golden calf? It just disappeared. It's true that Moshe Rabbeinu argued in favor of B'nai Yisrael. But you know, a good lawyer is a good lawyer only if he has something good to say. I mean, he can't just, it's not just Moshe Rabbeinu alone. So Rav Nachman looking at the parasha of Ayakel and saying, what? It's like nothing happened. They're supposed to build a Mishkan, and they're going to build a Mishkan. Where is it that we find the, the, the idea that B'nai Yisrael were guilty of something, that B'nai Yisrael, that B'nai Yisrael had to uh, repent for something, that there was something that they had to do which they hadn't yet done? Where is that written in the Torah? And so here is Rav Nachman of Bratzla uh, uh, musing on this question. The question is, like, how did, how did Am Yisrael establish its innocence after the Chet Ego? In what way are they, how, how come Moshe Rabbeinu is just getting to the topic of Mishkan? without saying anything to B'nai Yisrael. That's the way Rav Nachman looked at it. He said there must be something fundamental that we're not understanding, that we don't follow correctly. There's something about the relationships here which we are missing. And so Rav Nachman wrote this Torah, the Torah that you have in front of you which is kind of long, but we'll get through it, right, by cheating a little bit here and there. But I hope that the basic ideas will become clear to you. I'm starting to read on line one. You see the, the, the lines are numbered on the right-hand column? Right hand column. Hatzadik, he says. Now, the word Sadiq for Rav Nachman meant himself, and a few other people might have also been around. But a tzaddik is not, according to Rav Nachman, it's not a person who you point your finger at and say, oh, there's a tzaddik. Oh, she's a tzaddikis. No, no, no. A tzaddik for Rav Nachman is the person who could change the world, who could change the way things are happening, who could call out to heaven and and be listened to. That was a tzaddik. So Rav Nachman says a tzaddik, I will tell you something about a real tzaddik, who muhrach la'asot tshuva ba'ad Yisrael. He says the tzaddik, after all, is a combination of all the leadership qualities that we learned in the Torah. One of the leaders that we know about is the Kohen Gadol the high priest. On Yom HaKippurim, the high priest goes into the Kodesh Kodeshim, the Holy of Holies, and asks for atonement for all of the Jewish people. That's his job. That's his job. And a tzaddik has that very same job. And so Rav Nachman said, 
הצדיק הוא מוכרח לעשות תשובה בעד ישראל. וצדיק, he has to. That's what he is. That's his nature. His nature is the nature of a Kohen Gadol. And he has to do tshuva for all of Am Yisrael. Dehainu, kishayotzei echad chutz l'ashura, uporek ol. When somebody deviates, goes off the, the path, does what he shouldn't do, uporek ol, azai ha-tzadik muhrach la'asot tshuva b'shvilo. So the tzadik realizes that he, the, the one who is Parek Ol, is his responsibility. The one who deviated is the responsibility of the, of the tzaddik. It's not, it's not like you go to look for the tzaddik. The tzaddik looks for you. He has to deal with the fact that you have to do tshuva. And so, I'll, uh, he says, and the third line, lasot tshuva, Bishvilo. That's what, that's what the reality is. So he's postulating. Rav Nachman is postulating. He's saying that tzaddik has such close ties to the people that he accepts the responsibility if there's a person who transgressed, that it becomes the responsibility of the tzaddik to do tshuva on his behalf. He won't do tshuva himself. He has to do tshuva on his, on his behalf. That's his postulate. Then, and if you look at, uh, if we're up to um, line three, in the middle of the line, he says, I'll pee my child. He says, I'll give you an example from things that happen to us every day. I'll pee my child. Like an, like an aphorism. He, he says, Pamachad. Listen to this story that he tells. This is a story. Stories are good, right? Pamachad Adam He says there were two guys in a wagon, and the wagon was being pulled by a horse. Now the horse went a little crazy, right? It says Sus frightened, crazy, the horse. And the sus was running away with the wagon, and the people fell out of the wagon. The wagon turned this way, turned that way, and, and, and people fell off. One of them got up, and he So he's like, he started boxing the, the horse. He was beating up on the horse, Vikao to menu and he beat up on the horse. The other guy who was with him, the second guy, was laughing. He says, What's the point? You think the horse cares that you're hitting him? Look at your hand. It's all red and puffy. You're just punishing yourself. You're punishing yourself. He says, the sus is not going to be impressed by the fact that you're beating up on the horse. But what you should do, he said, is take a rope or take a, 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 leather, a leather tongue of some sort. I'm on line eight. 
שמכים באסוסים use the kind of thing that you usually use to beat the, the horses, and then you'll hit him with that. And the first guy went and he said, okay, I'll do that. He took this strap. I'm on line 11. So, so it worked very well. The guy's hitting the horse. The horse goes, runs away, and the wagon turns over, and it goes into all sorts of, of mud and, and, and uh, dirt. And the sus ran away. So he figured out, so he, so he realized that this was also a good idea. Hitting the sus didn't work. Hitting him with a strap also didn't work. So then he says, the, his friend says, I'll, I'll tell you what you should do. He says, take a, a, a rope and tie the horse to a tree and then hit him a lot and in that way he will learn he will learn to do the right thing I mean, you just beat him beat the source and he did that I'm on line, at the end of line 14 and he like hit the horse and hit the horse until he was worn down and tired he saw that this doesn't work either the whole business with the horse is not worth it. He'd rather sell the horse and buy another horse. Why should he be so worn out and tired of it? Because he has to beat the horse? He's tired and worn out. And so this mashal, this mashal, which is a kind of an indictment of punishment. Right? You know that the, the legal profession, they always talk about, you punish somebody, put somebody in jail. I mean, it came up today, the thought that you might put somebody in jail was sort of the, the topic of the day. So, so does that make you into a good person? Does that change who you are? If you take a person, you put him into jail for a long time, you give him even severe punishment, does that change that person from being a bad person to a good person? A person who stole to a person who won't steal in the future? A person who caused damage to a person who is never going to cause damage? So Rav Nachman comes to this conclusion. He says... He says, if you look at line 18, the same thing is true about somebody who becomes less involved in the mitzvot. It's very difficult to find a way of dealing with that. I mean, you could punish him. You could make things difficult for him. 
And here Rav Nachman comes up with an interesting idea. He says, not only would you be unable to change the course of his life, to change him from a bad person into a good person. But actually what you do is you keep him the way he is. You punish him, you beat him, you hit him, and he stays the way he is. So who is affected according to Rav Nachman? Who suffers from that? Oh, the tzaddik suffers from that. Because after all, Rav Nachman said, and this is an idea that was common to many branches of Hasidut, that the tzaddik is a reflection of his people. He is what they are. And because he is what they are, he, he suffers from the fact that the person who deviated is still a deviant. You know the story? You know, there's a, a, a halachic notion called arvut. Arvut, we're all in it together. We're all in it together somehow. So the, the Rishonim say it, that the Ritva in Sanhedrin points out that if somebody doesn't put on tefillin, a Jew who should put on tefillin, if he doesn't put on tefillin, it's as though I didn't put on tefillin. That's how I should feel about it. It's not that he's missing. That's his problem. But I'm missing. I'm missing because he put, doesn't put on tefillin. And so it becomes my obligation, my obligation to make myself whole, to be a real person, and not to have these kinds of empty spaces of people who are not doing what they're supposed to do. So I have the obligation to try to help. And the tzaddik feels this more profoundly than anybody else. So if you go back to the first line in this Torah, it says, The tzaddik can't help himself. He suddenly finds himself obligated to do tshuva, to repent, for all of Am Yisrael, just as the Kohen Gadol and the Beit HaMikdash did Shuva for all of Am Yisrael. And then the Mashal that he talks about, about the guy and the horse. The horse never learns. You beat the horse one way, you beat the horse another way. It never learns to differentiate between the good of doing the mitzvot and the bad of avoiding them. And so, and so Rav Nachman said that the issue for the tzaddik is not punishment, but the issue for the tzaddik is somehow returning people to where they should be. If it's true that Am Yisrael together at Har Sinai accepted the Torah, then that might mean a corollary of that might be that Am Yisrael accepting the Torah becomes a common responsibility that everybody has. And no, Rav Nachman was not a Lubavitcher. He tried to understand 
whether there could be a tzaddik in our generation. Whether, so he looked for what he felt were the uh, features of a tzaddik that always existed. And that, those features of the tzaddik that were inalienable, according to Rav Nachman, were the compassion that he had for anyone who should have been doing the right thing and opted out for some reason. He was compassionate. Compassionate meaning the tzaddik was compassionate. He felt that if he could fix that, he should fix it. And again, I just mentioned again, the horse, it's not going to learn. It's not going to change. You could be more clever with the way you beat the horse, less clever the way you beat the horse. All you do is knock yourself out because the horse is not prone to learning anything. It's not going to change. And so we have a choice, according to Rav Nachman. We can treat our fellow Jews in Am Yisrael like horses. And anytime you see something you don't like, you go away, you put them in cherem, you deny them, you deny them access to the things that they'd like to have access to. Or you can bring them in. You could show them that you feel that responsibility as well. And that is something remarkable that Rav Nachman noted in the kind of personality of a, of a tzaddik. Rav Nachman then goes on, uh, goes on and he talks about the fact, he, he, he creates another model. And he says, this model is the tzaddik kind of at the fulcrum of existence. Not only does the tzaddik concern himself with all of Am Yisrael, he is the embodiment, he's the purest reflection of what Am Yisrael should be after Har Sinai. He's the person who's totally devoted, totally accepting, tries to do the mitzvot and the halachot in the best possible way. So if you look at line 35, he says, Nimtza, 34, I'm sorry. Nimtza shekulam nimshachim tzaddik. Al kein hu ma'anish et echad v'nogea et tzaddik ba'atzmo v'al kein gam anosh tzaddik lo tov. And so he feels the punishment. When a punishment devolves upon the guy who is left, who is deviated, then the, the punishment also affects the tzaddik, just as the mashal with the horses. The guy who beat his horse, well, his hand became swollen. And then after he tried again, the, the wagon turned over. So who suffers? Who suffers from that way of doing things, from punishment? Who suffers from that? The tzaddik. And then Rav Nachman goes on and says, we're already in the next, in the next column. Rav Nachman goes on and says, well, this model, this thing that I've discovered, that there's the bad people and there's the tzaddik, and the tzaddik wants to, be, to bring the bad people back into the right, the right direction. But besides that, anything bad that happens to the bad people because of the way they have acted, well, that affects the tzaddik as well. There's a, there's a, a, a connection. There's a connection between the bad people and the tzaddik. And that connection works both ways. When the guy hits the horse, 
right? The horse is unaffected, and his hand gets swollen. The same thing is true if you try to beat the uh, if you try to beat them into accepting the Torah, nothing will happen, and you will suffer from the fact that nothing that nothing happens, and the tzaddik will suffer will suffer even even more. And so, if we're thinking about punishment, here's the introduction that Rav Nachman wrote about punishing Am Yisrael for the Chet Ha'Egel. He's talking about punishment. And he's saying, look, punishment is pointless. It doesn't work. What works is enlightenment, is understanding. As far as Rav Nachman is concerned, Rav Nachman is concerned, somebody who deviates from the demands of the Torah, he's got a problem. He's got a problem that can be solved, that can be explained, that can be understood. And understanding it has to do with the relationship between the tzaddik and the people. We're talking about the tzaddik. The tzaddik ultimately, as, as Rav Nachman points out many times, is Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu is the tzaddik. He's the one who represents the path the way it should be. And so Moshe Rabbeinu, the tzaddik, could go to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and say to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, don't do it. Don't do it. That's not the way to spread the, the truth of the Torah. That's not the way that the Torah will be accepted by the large number of nations who need the Torah. All of that, it's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So if you look at the second column, Line 33. Now, what's, what happened on Mocharad Yom HaKippurim? Uh, we explained it at the beginning. Remember, on Yom HaKippurim, the 10th of Tishrei, Moshe Rabbeinu came down from Har Sinai and he had the two luchot. He had these two stones with him that were written. The asert that they wrote were written, written by the finger of God or the hand of God. And so... Line 30, uh, 53, I'm sorry. He says there's a minhag. After the day called Yom Kippurim, Aznit Gala Bechinat Shem Hashem. Because after Yom Kippurim, we suddenly knew what the name of God was. Vizesh in its Tavu, line 55. Lemocharat Yom Kippurim al Shabbat. And you all know that at the beginning of the parashah, Vayakel, there are several psukim about Shabbat, including the Pasuk, Lo Tavaro Eish, B'Kol Moshevotechem, B'Yom HaShabbat, Ki L'Mokharat Yom HaKippurim, Nitratza Hashem Yitbarach L'Yisrael, V'Yiziram Al Melechet HaMishkan. He says, somehow we all know that God forgave them. God forgave B'nai Yisrael on Yom HaKippurim and told them about the Mishkan. V'Yiziram Al Melechet HaMishkan, V'Zai Hikilam Moshe Hikilam. You see that word, Hikilam? 
That's in line 57. Hikilam, that's Vayakel. He got them all together. Vihizhiram al Shabbat, and he told them, Shabbat is a problem. You have to make sure you don't do this, you don't do that. Because as you know, they had to build the Mishkan and they had to build it as fast as possible. Moshe Rabbeinu taught them that they can't build the Mishkan on Shabbat. That's what Rashi, Rashi says. That means that right after Yom HaKippurim, even before Moshe Rabbeinu started teaching them about teaching them about building the Mishkan, he told them, and remember, keep Shabbat. Keep the Shabbat. Those are the first psukim in Vayakel. And then, Rav Nachman says, Rav Nachman says, Nimtza Shetekev Lemochrad Yom HaKippurim, line 60. Hizaru al HaShabbat. Veshabbat Shema Dekut Shabrichu, in the Zohar, it says that Shabbat is really the name of God. Ki az, achrei Yom HaKippurim, they understood something about the name of God. When you punish somebody, you remove him from the root of life. Because any punishment is called mavet, death, separating. Ki meitu kol anashim v'akshim et nafshechad. He said to Moshe Rabbeinu, v'amru avoteinu zichonam levracha. I'm on line 66. Shena'asu aniyim v'ashem hu hachiyut v'vchinat nefesh chaya hu shimo. So when we say that they learned the name of God, it means that they understood that life itself comes from God. And they also understood, Bivchinat, line 67, and the name of God is somehow connected to our name, line 68, when Vene Yisrael are punished. Somehow, the model of the tzaddik and the people apply to Am Yisrael and HaKadosh Baruch that if Am Yisrael is punished, if Am Yisrael is beaten down, that somehow affects HaKadosh Baruch as well, because the shame, the name of Yisrael, is the same as the name of God. That's what punishment is. It's the end of life, the death of life. And therefore, we now understand that when Moshe Rabbeinu said, Moshe Rabbeinu said, seventy-two. If, if you don't forgive them, erase me. God answered, 
ביקש משה שיעשה למען שמו הגדול המשותף בשמנו כי מאחר ששמו יתברך משותף בשמנו, 76, since the name of God is somehow involved in our name, נמצא כשיעניש אותם, נוגע את עצמו יתברך כביכול. וואו. So according to Rav Nachman, what happened to Am Yisrael? What was the argument? What was the argument that Moshe Rabbeinu made in order to give life to Am Yisrael, in order they should not be punished for the chet ha'egel. It was as though Moshe Rabbeinu said to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, there's only one future, there's only one option, and that's the option that the people who are at Har Sinai will be able to see the value of being together, of living the life of the, that the Torah demands, whereas punishment, punishment of Am Yisrael will not produce anything positive. The horses will not pay attention. And if they do pay attention, they'll run away. And the wagons will tur be turned over. And they won't be anything. It won't be productive. It won't be anything that, that will, will produce what you want to produce. And so, Kimachar, line 975, since the name of God and the name of Am Yisrael are somehow connected, it's as though God is punishing God, so to speak. In line 78, Again, listen, we said again, Moshe Rabbeinu came down from Har Sinai. Let's tell the story the way Rav Nachman tells the story. Moshe Rabbeinu came down from Har Sinai with the luchot, with the tablets in his arms. And he knew that this would be problematic. There would be a problematic encounter because he knew without a doubt that the debt of Am Yisrael for making the golden calf had not been paid off. In fact, the Pasuk says it. The Pasuk at the beginning, at the end of Perak Lamed Bet, Pasuk at the end of Perak Lamed Bet says, V'yom pokdi u'pakadeti aleim chatatam b'rakadosh bochu. HaKadosh Bochu said to Moshe Rabbeinu, okay, I'll forgive them, but not 100%. Not 100%. Rashi says the forgiveness was 70%, 80%. But in history, when terrible things happen to Am Yisrael, they're going to be a little bit worse because they'll be paying off that debt, the debt of when I remember you and I punish you, you are going to be, 
you are going to be punished for the Chaita Egel. Again, so that HaKadosh Baruch Hu didn't really forgive B'nai Yisrael, at least not entirely. There was this debt, this debt of punishment that still existed, and so, so, Moshe Rabbeinu comes down from Har Sinai. Moshe Rabbeinu comes down from Har Sinai, and he knows that there's a problem. He knows that there's a problem. He says he knows they're supposed to build the Mishkan. They're supposed to build this tabernacle. But how could they build the Mishkan if it had this weight on them, this thing that's not going to allow them to change? How could that be? So the magic word that Moshe Rabbeinu used, which is printed here in the Torah, Vayakhilu, Vayakhel. Vayakhel means they all got together. What do you mean they all got together? What does that mean? It means that they were together. There was a togetherness about them that didn't exist after the Chaita Ego. Moshe Rabbeinu said you've got to be together in order to in order to gain the respect of heaven. Because being together means that you're back with the, with the demands of the Torah. That the people who were involved with the Chaita Egel are our joint responsibility. We've got to do tshuva on their behalf. That's what Rav Nachman says. We've got to straighten out what was left un, un, uh, uh, dealt with, not dealt with at the time of the Chaita Ego. And then we'll be able to build the Mishkan. So that was the argument, that was the argument that, uh, that Rab Nachman made. But that argument, that argument is prefaced upon the assumption, it's prefaced upon the assumption that there's a connection somehow between all of the people of Am Yisrael. And that that connection is not just something that is there de facto, but it creates obligations. If a person who's close to me goes off the beaten track or goes in a direction that I feel is not appropriate, then I feel an obligation to, to help, to speak, to try, to change. I can't just walk away. I can't just walk away. And so Rav Nachman said, that was Moshe Rabbeinu's innovation. His innovation was that he got everybody together. Usually in the Torah it says, That's what it says in the Torah. But the Vayakel was necessary, was necessary in order, as a preface to creating the Mishkan. You couldn't build the Mishkan which is something for Am Yisrael, unless you were all able to cut. You're all able to get together, all able to get together and worry each about the other. Worrying each about the other was a residue of uh, Matan Torah. And, and we know that Matan Torah was Belay Vechad, right? At that moment, at that moment, so that what Vayakel does is tries to recover tries to recover the moment of Matan Torah, the moment when Pnei Yisrael felt that they were together, that they were all together. Not an easy moment to imitate, but Rav Nachman says that that's what Moshe Rabbeinu did. 
he say he he got them together. He didn't just teach them how to build the Mishkan, but he also got them together. Have a good Shabbos. There's a little time. Oh, you a little time. I'll pay it back. I'm not sure when, but I'll pay. <laughs> so. Thank you. Outstanding personality in those days. Not that I am today, I'm just saying those days I was.